Today's episode of Fizzo is made possible with the support of Saras, a manufacturer of bike accessories committed to making their products in Madison, Wisconsin, USA. Makers of car racks, bike infrastructure, and bike trainers, Saras Origins are firmly rooted in an unwavering dedication to the bicycle, and more importantly, the quest to set cyclists free to get in touch with the world around them. Whether riding to and from work, in a virtual environment, or wherever the comforts may lead, Saras's range of products have freed millions to experience the power of the bike and ride without limits. To learn more, visit saras.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Put Your Socks On. Uh, this week we have an absolute pearl of an episode, pearl of a show. We've got a couple of shows coming actually as it's the World Championships time of year. So we're going to do a show about the time trial and then we're going to do a show about the road races. My name is Angus Morton and as always I'm joined by legend Bobby Julie. Mate, how are you doing? All good over here, Gus. Uh, yeah, been plenty of racing to watch since the Vuelta ended, that's for sure. Uh, also very interesting to see which which races the riders chose in order to put those final touches on their form for the World Championships. So a um, lot to talk about. Today we're going to recap the team relay from yesterday, Sunday, as well mm-hmm. as talk a little bit about the junior women who already finished and the junior men that are actually racing right as we're doing the pod this morning as well as preview the upcoming under-23 elite women and elite men's time trials that will take place on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. It's a full show, and it's been a, uh, it's been a great week in the sport of cycling, absolutely. So before we get into uh, the TTs that are coming up, let's talk uh, a little bit of news. The former Giro director, Michele Aquarone, uh, was cleared of massive cash fraud. <laughs> He was first kind of embroiled in this scandal back in 2013, and it's finally kind of been cleared up and gone away. And I looked into the to the case, and 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 his accountant that was working for um, the ACS, I think is the name of the parent organization, Laura Bertinotti, she got sentenced to eight years in prison for siphoning off 15 million euros over an eight-year period in cash from that organization. So pretty ballsy move there by by Laura but uh, anyway I guess you know she has been uh, held accountable um, to transfer news and Aussies Ben Sunderland and Ben Dybal uh, are moving to the world tour with team NTT which is the new iteration of Dimension Data this is interesting because uh, I've raced Ben Ben's my age so 30 um, I've raced him since I was a kid and he's one of those guys who's been knocking on the door at an Aussie level and just never made the step up and finally he's kind of been given that uh been given that shot at team NTT so it definitely shows that you know sometimes persistence will be rewarded so it'll be interesting to see how he goes in the world tour exciting to excited to see that um Attilio Viviani is on his way to Cofidis which makes sense. Um, we, we mentioned him a couple of episodes ago. He won a race as a stagiaire there and uh, his, his brother's going to, to Covetus. So that, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And I guess this sort of relates to, to this week's race, but Geraint Thomas announced that he was uh, going to, to start the world's time trial title and then promptly a day or so later decided, announced that he was no longer going to start the world's time trial uh, and, and contest that title. So in and out for Thomas. Uh, he's putting everything in for the road race. So it'll be interesting to see um, 
He hasn't raced since the Worlds. Well, sorry, he'd raced... Uh, has, I think he has raced actually now. I'm confusing myself. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what that means, if anything at all. Uh, should we look at the races this week? Because there has been a lot of racing prior to this World Championships and obviously a lot of guys putting the finishing touches on their form. So some interesting results. Yeah, those one-day races in, in Italy, they used to be called the, the pre-Mondiale races. Always really hard racing, never a flat circuit, very, very aggressive. But you know, this time of year, if you have the form, you're just able to cherry-pick at these races because unlike the races earlier in the season, you're probably racing against, really racing against about a quarter of the normal field because everyone else is there just to, to take the start and do what they can and promptly, you know, on the first, first feed zone, call it quits because a lot of guys are definitely tired this time of year. But great racing over there in Italy for sure. The Coppa Sabatini or Coppi Sabatini uh, was won by Kazakh champion Lutsenko who had a great year. He's won nine races already. I think this was his 10th and puts him in very good stead for a world championships that I think the course suits him and he's been flying under. I think, you know, he's kind of like, he's sort of like a second or third tier favorite. But he had a couple of, he he, he, he won that race uh, crossing to Egan Bernal and then, sorry, no, crossing to Egan Bernal and then going solo for 83 kilometers, which is uh, impressive. The Giro della Toscana was won by Giovanni Visconti which I haven't heard that name for a long time. Uh, the 36-year-old won a sprint from a four-man four group, which also included Egan Bernal, who was another rider who opted into the World Championships and then very promptly opted out, choosing to focus on uh, focus on Il Lombardia at the end of the season. So he's clearly carrying some form from the Tour de France and, and motivated to, to make, make something happen. The Memorial Marco Pantani... Alexi Lutsenko again made it two wins in three days. Another incredible win. If you if you get the chance to watch the last couple of kilometers of that race, you'll see a, a Lutsenko clearly at the top of his game. So I, I recommend that. He won from Diego Rosa, which was cool to see him doing well uh, again after a while, sort of knocking on the door but not really getting any major results. Then we had the Primus Classic, which saw Edward Tunes from Trek Segafredo take his first win since 2017. So that was good from him. This race uh, was notable. Uh, well, Pascal Ackerman was second uh, and, and Jasper Dibust was third or Dibust was third. But it was interesting to note that Van Avermaet, Van der Poel, Sagan uh, were all there at that race. Oh, n- none of that trio really figuring um, in the results, you know, but, uh, but just clearly just putting the final little touches on their form there. Yeah, I saw, I saw a video of a little yeah. snippet of that, uh, one of the cobbled sections. And let's just say Vanderpool's ready. Uh, he had Van Avermaet yep. on the ropes, no doubt about it. This is the sort of race where you want to get that little hit out, but you don't necessarily want to take the big risk in the in the finale. So we saw guys like Sagan and Greg and and Vanderpool kind of stay out of the the fracas there a little bit. But they 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 got the they got the work in. There's no doubt about that. Exactly. These races, you see you see the guys kind of testing their form at different stages. So it's often hard to tell. But if you get a watch, then yeah, I mean Vanderpool's clearly breathing through his nose at the moment so come come sunday we'll be able to see if he can uh, if he can fulfill the expectations another rider matteo trenton clearly in fine form we spoke about him last week uh, at the trofeo matori he got a win there day long breakaway triumph from that so he's again another guy that we spoke about that's clearly in good form and there's another race which i, I it's called the guixi pill I'm not sure if I'm completely butchering that but interesting to note that pascal ackerman also won there so he's uh 
clearly cruising as well, although I don't know how it's going to suit him on Sunday. Another person of note, which I thought I would, would note, was Yves Lampert's win at the Tour of Slovakia because a couple of his teammates have spoken about how well he's been riding recently. And he's sort of a guy that you don't often necessarily put at the top of the uh, of the favourites board, but he's a seriously good bike rider. So that's kind of the week. That's the major races in the week. And as you've kind of heard there, a lot of good guys at the pointy end of those races heading into what is going to be a tough World Championships on Sunday. And Bobby, uh, I want to note that today's episode of Fizzo would not be possible without the support of Garmin. Take your training to the next level with Garmin's line of edge cycling computers, which go beyond just data collection to provide dynamic performance insights that can help you beat your best, like heat and altitude acclimation. Garmin's GPS bike computers are built tough, have maps for the road or trail, and are available in the button operator 530 or the touchscreen 830. Get yours today at Garmin.com. Bobby, the Yorkshire Worlds. Uh, Yorkshire first kind of reared its head as an absolutely cycling mad part of the world when the Tour de France had its grand depart there uh, in 2014. And I remember watching uh, and just being blown away. The crowds were absolutely ridiculous. Um, Since then, we've seen the formation of the Tour de Yorkshire, which is, again, same thing, unbelievable crowds. And, uh, And now they've got the World Championships. This is the fourth time, interestingly enough, that Great Britain has hosted the world. Worlds almost 100 years ago, 100 years on, sorry, from the second edition, which was ho- held in Liverpool in 1922 and 49 years since it was held in Leicester in 1970. And uh, sorry, and 37 years then since Giuseppe Cerrone beat Greg LeMond and Sean Kelly in Goodwood in 1982. Goodwood Festival of Speed, interesting part of the world that. Uh, so there you go, a bit of a history for the UK in the worlds and this week uh, looks like it's going to be no different. I rode through this region and across part of the course actually uh, a couple of weeks back, albeit though it was in the dead of the night and about 15 hours into my <laughs> into my ride. So everything I, you know, my recollection of the route and, and how tough it is should be taken with like a fistful of salt, but it was ridiculously hilly very thin rough roads and incredibly windy as well and so yeah it's a, it's going to be a savage day out there and, and apparently it rains it's inevitable the rain comes you know once a day around this time of year so it's going to make for a tough a tough week of racing let's look at the first race this week the mixed teams time trial relay the ttt relay bobby can you this is a new event do you can you give us a breakdown? Can you kind of like explain exactly what this event is about? Yeah, it's quite interesting. It was it's kind of a test event, I would say. They started at the the European Championships this year back in August. So this event consists of two legs. In this case, two laps of the road circuit for the road race. So three men start out. They do one lap. When they finish, the, they tag the women. And they take off on on their lap. And the interesting part about this is there's only three men and three women. And the time is taken both for the men and the women off the second rider. So you're allowed to drop one person. And this is quite unique. And I'm sure that with the small teams and the short distance, picking the team and coming up with a strategy seems to be very, very important. But 
I really enjoyed watching this. Uh, they did have to do it in the in the wet conditions, which didn't make it any easier. And that circuit, as we're learning, is is quite technical. I think it's a great idea to blend the worlds of both men's and women's cycling together and give a chance for the riders to experience that podium experience or even pulling on the world championship stars and stripes jersey maybe these people wouldn't have that opportunity to do have that experience in the individual events so i i'm all for this i i think it's quite exciting that being said i'm a little bit bummed that they removed the world championship trade team team time trial which is what has been going on for the last couple of years um, hopefully they'll bring that back. Hopefully we'll do both of these because to yeah. me, it really came down to the women, how strong the women were, uh, cause the guys were, were very evenly matched and then the women had to finish it off. You know, they had even more pressure. They had to sit there and wait on the, on the, on the start ramp when the guys were coming in and get up to speed, not do it too hard, too quick, and then finish it off. But, um, to me, it was it was exciting. I was a little bit bummed that there weren't more countries involved, to be honest. At the at the European Championships, Netherlands won, Germany was second, and Italy was third. And that mm -hmm. was pretty much the same result that we had here, the, the top two. Netherlands won again, Germany was second, and Great Britain came in for a surprise result getting a podium spot and inspired yeah an inspired ride there i think from from great britain with with the notable absence of any world tour male riders in that group and which is great which is cool to see and they were clearly motivated by the home worlds and yeah put in an inspired ride and i i don't want to be too critical here because i know there's a lot of reasons behind the scenes that that may have happened but personally i was extremely disappointed that neither USA or Australia, who are nations definitely. that are definitely strong in time trial events, decided not to field a team for this. And I think, especially talking, thinking about the Americans and especially how strong the, the women are, um, I think they lost an opportunity to, to get a medal, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, this race was on Sunday. The women will race their time trial on Tuesday and the men on Wednesday. So you would figure that they're all there already anyway, right? And exactly. I know this is a new... And it's 14 Ks. Yeah, four, it's sure. 14 K per lap. Yeah, so the men did 14 K and the women did 14 K, which, um, yeah, you know, maybe their coaches, you know, decided that uh, they wanted to stay fresh and focused on their individual events. But I, I, I found it interesting that Tony Martin and... Tajay Pogachar mm -hmm. actually did the race for their respected countries. Pogachar just came out of the Vuelta. He probably used that as a little bit of a, you know, a tune-up. Tony Martin, maybe because after his crash in, in, the, in the Tour of Spain, just needed to do a hit out. And we saw that he wasn't as, as strong as we expected. But maybe he blew out the pipes and he's going to be ready for, for Wednesday. Um, so, th yeah, there's a lot of things that went into that. But... I would really like to hear from USA Cycling who made the decision not to do this and, and, and why. I'm sure they have a great reason. It's easy for us armchair quarterbacks to sit back here and say, oh, they should have had a team in there, but we don't know all the things that go along with it for sure. But um, you know, embrace this, this new change in cycling. And you know, for, for the USA that were so behind the, the women, all women's uh, Colorado Classic this year, which was a fantastic mm. event, and I hope it continues. 
I think they dropped the ball. They they had a chance to put the women again in the forefront and share a possible podium uh, position with with the men, which is what I think we're trying to do is bring elevate the state of women's cycling. And with the team that we had, I I really thought that we had a chance at at getting a medal and that one just slipped through our fingers. And with you know with the start list that had names like Viviani, Lucinda Brand, Bacalance, Borghini, uh, and and Niels Pollitt like among you know an extended list of, of of like top level riders like those were names who all came out and said that they loved it that, that it deserves a spot at the world championships um and then they also called for the trade team ttt to be brought back they just said let's let's have them both so if anyone watched that race on tv or can go back and have a look you should because it was actually you know for a time trial and for a, and for a team's event in cycling, it was it was actually remarkably exciting um, and and engaging. So I really hope that that this race continues and that perhaps there's more of these type of events that bring uh, men's and women's cycling together uh, throughout the year. Yeah, the, the 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 recap of the my memory of that race was seeing the team from Great Britain on the podium. They were on the hot seat for a long time until yeah. until ne- Netherlands and Germany came in. And just to see the smiles on their faces and just the pride that they had. That's what cycling is all about, right? That's why we race these races. You know, they weren't, may not have been a favorite, but they came through on that day and they, they experienced that together. I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. You got to be in it to win it, right? So, uh, you know, you can't, if you're not there, you got no chance. Let's move on to, uh, the individual events. And, um, we have, uh, the men's junior time trial, which was, uh, 30 K or 28 kilometers, sorry. Um, which is two laps around the town. That's the finishing circuit that they're going to be using on Sunday's race. Um, and it was the same circuit that they used, the same circuit the junior women used and the same circuit that they used for the the, the relay team's time trial. Um, worth noting, actually, that uh, Jan Bakalance, who did the the TTT, um, he said the course was quite dangerous, like, like really dangerous. Um, and so he was sort of like kind of sending out a, a warning to to a lot of the riders. So hopefully... We don't see uh, we don't see any serious accidents, and we see kind of safe riding conditions coming this week. But uh, interesting note from there. So it is it's a technical course. Um, it requires a lot of of uh, uh, what's the word? a lot of balls. You know, like you got to be pretty fearless on a couple of the corners. Um, so yes, yeah, so we had the junior women's this morning, fourteen kilometers. Uh, the winner that was actually also in a really exciting race. Um, the race winner, Agil Gavira, Gariva, excuse me, from Russia. Uh, won by a couple of seconds after riding down the uh, riding down the, the car the shoot for the cars like riding down the convoy route at the finish there. Yeah, uh, those ladies had to to do it pretty early this morning, and it was kind of treacherous conditions. Really, it it was kind of sunny, but at the same time there was water on certain parts of the road, which um, is is definitely kind of like the worst condition. You'd rather have totally dry or totally wet so that you know what to expect. Um, the, the U.S. had two ladies in the event, Zoe Taparez, who is the national time trial champ, and Megan, Megan Yastrab, who is the national road race champ and also world champion on the track. She actually won the Madison earlier this year with, with Zoe. And yeah, they, they finished already. So they got seventh place and ninth place. So uh, a strong result there from, from the American women. Would like to note that an ex-teammate of mine, Magnus Bagstedt, his daughter, Eleanor Bagstedt, she got third place 
again this year representing Great Britain. She was third as well last year. And it's just great seeing this next generation of of cyclists, kids being competitive uh, at this level and uh, wish her all the best moving forward. I just, want to, I just want to make a note actually about these two junior events, which um, I'd forgotten this, I, but there's no Australians in these. So the Cycling Australia decided not to send a national team to the junior, um, to the junior championships, which I, I can't get my head around that. That seems ridiculous. Mm. Um, really disappointing and i i thought that that had been resolved i thought that they were they were working for a fix um to get that done last i heard that, that this was the case was back in uh, in in april but no i just looked at the results sheet then and i'm not seeing um i'm not seeing any australians uh on the on the result sheet so that's a real shame um from from you know a nation that's typically been good and we should have people there. So anyway, yeah, the, the world uh, not to take away though from the results. The World Junior Championships have changed a lot. I did the World Junior Championships in 1988 in Denmark and in 1989 in Moscow. And we didn't even have an individual time trial. We had a road race and a team time trial. And the Junior Worlds was separate from the Elite Worlds. I think this is such a cool opportunity that these kids get nowadays to stay in the same hotel with the the riders whose pictures are up on their bedroom wall. Um, maybe get a have a coffee with them. Maybe have a chat with them. I think this is great that they combine all the world championships together so that these young kids get a little taste of what it's like in in the big leagues. Absolutely, yeah. I remember doing the junior junior world champs in two thousand six, and we were separate. Um, but a couple of the guys who lived in a couple of the Aussie guys, uh, Will Walker, and uh, came down to to the start and kind of spent a few days with us prior to to the race. And it was, I think, like I, that's a really memorable experience, and I think a really powerful learning experience, particularly when you're not from Europe, when you're when you're from outside of this world, you know, and you ultimately want to to get to Europe. Um, where the heart of, of cycling is and the biggest races are, I think that any experience you can get uh, is invaluable. So let's look. Uh, let's touch really quickly on the under. Well, the junior men who are racing now. The, there's a couple of Americans in that. Yeah, we have uh, Michael Garrison from from Georgia. He's from the Lux Cycling Development Team. He is. Uh, he recently finished sixth in a TT at uh, the Kaiser de Juniors race in in Belgium. But the real kind of five-star guy that I'm really bummed that we can't be watching right now live is Quinn Simmons from Durango, Colorado, also a member of the Lux Cycling Development Team. This this kid is going. He's winning t- short time trials. The last one was that Kaiser de Junior race in Belgium. He, he mm-hmm. blitzed it and won by 15 seconds over second place, So, as well as taking the overall win in that race. So he's ready. And, um, yeah, let's just wait and see. But uh, they did two laps of this circuit. The weather seemed to clear up a little bit more, but I did notice before we went online for the pod that um, there were some, some wet segments. But, yeah, any, any opportunity that these kids can get, the experience that they can get at races of this caliber um, are, are fantastic because it's just something that you can draw on in the future and and learn from so let's hope that uh by the time we get finished with this pod we know the results of the of the junior men tomorrow we've got the under 23 men 32 kilometers slightly different circuit it's the same circuit that the women will race again another couple of pretty good very good excuse me chances there with a couple of 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 american guys 
Yeah, we have Ian Garrison, so Michael's older brother, who races for the Hoggins Berman Action Team. He is our reigning national time trial champion. He's been over preparing in Europe. He recently finished fourth in the under-23 classification in Tour of Denmark. So kind of excited to see how he's doing. This, Like you said, this this circuit's a little bit different. They start in Ripon and, and finish in Harrogate. So they don't do the, mm -hmm. the, the two laps like the, the junior men do. They kind of do more of a point-to-point which will, will which will definitely change, but with 474 change meters of climbing, you know it's not a flat time trial, so you got to be big and powerful. And we also have Brendan McNulty, who is racing for the Rally UHC cycling team. We haven't really seen so much of him since the Tour of Sicily back in the spring, but as we reported on one of our previous pods, he's signed for UAE for the next three years. So. Um, another great opportunity to gain some experience in the world championship level. I think he's won a world title before, hasn't he? Um, as a junior, I think, or he finished second. I'm, I'm sure he's. Um, so he's yeah, he's he's definitely one to watch, and, and certainly one for the for the future. Let's talk about the the women's world time trial championship again. Same course we just mentioned, Ripon to Harrogate. It's a point to point, 474 meters of climbing. 32 kilometers who, who do the u.s who, who do we have starting it's, it's i think there's a couple of sleepers in there yeah we have three ladies we have leah thomas from santa clara the biglia pro cycling team she won the pan am games over amber nebin who is also on the team evett nebin by the way is from lake forest california mm -hmm. she is she won the world championship individual time trial on two occasions already in 08 and 2016 and she is 44 years old, and she's still slicing and dicing with the best of them. So two really strong girls there. And, of course, we have Chloe Digard-Owen um, from the Show Air 2020 team. Obviously, on form since the Tour of Colorado, let's hope that she's been able to even, you know, at least guard that form, keep that form, and even maybe peek it out a little bit for this event. So, yeah, we have three very strong girls in a very strong field of, of women. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how Chloe's going because she's evidently uh, an exceptional athlete, is used to winning, knows how to win at the highest level, but she hasn't spent the time in Europe around a lot of the other girls. So a lot of the other women aren't really looking at her necessarily as seriously as they're looking at each other. So yeah, it will be definitely interesting to see her. I um, I spoke with, uh, with one of the ladies who's going to be lining up in the road race on, on Saturday um, but sitting out the TT and I just wanted to, I just asked her a couple of questions about who she thought, what her perspective were on, on who was going to win and why. Um, and she gave me some interesting insight. I mean, I think everyone would agree. It's pretty hard, pretty hard to go past and meet Van Vluten. Um, she's won every TT that she started at this reigning season. world champion as well. And yeah, reigning world champ, exactly right. And, uh, has been, has been, has just been spent time at altitude, um, spends a lot of time on a TT bike as you know as results would show I think that exactly I think that she's she's going to be difficult to beat um, and she's demonstrated in the past that when she when she picks something she she can win it uh, Anna van der Breggen another Dutch rider so again the Dutch the Dutch the Dutch are bringing to to the worlds I think across the board um, under 23s the, the junior men today and then the the, the uh, the, the senior men, they're, they're clearly a cycling nation at the top of their game at the moment. So, uh, and Van Bregen, Lisa Brenauer and Lisa Klein, two German girls that, uh, that my friend thinks can get on the podium, which would be interesting. And she also named uh, Lucinda Brand 
uh, as an outsider to 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 potentially uh, to potentially get on the podium. So we could see, yeah, we could see uh, three on three Dutch on the podium. So yeah, let's. Uh, they they have an amazingly strong team. You're right; they have a chance. But uh, let's just hope that one of the American girls can crack in there. But it's it's the race of truth, right? And uh, this this is going to be a tough one. Hopefully, the the weather will be same for for everyone with this point to point that they're doing as well as the under 23 men. I think um, they don't have to run in heats, so it'll go much quicker. That was one thing that I was concerned with with, with, the, um, with the lapped events is that obviously they had to go in waves. But now with these point-to-point events, it's, chance for the weather. it's uh, hopefully going to be... Uh, the weather will be the same for, for everyone. And how are these guys prepping now? Like what... I mean, the women's race is on Wednesday? Tuesday. And, Tuesday, excuse me. Oh, so t- yeah, so the women's race is on is on tomorrow. What are they doing today? What are they doing yesterday as final prep? Or what did you like to do? You know, in the in the couple of days before a race of this size, like like the World Champs, you know, once a year. Yeah, I didn't do the World Championships. Uh, I think I did it one time when they had the individual time trial, and um, I blew that. But um, for <laughs> me, I would be taking the day pretty easy uh, today. And maybe do some activation in the afternoon, as well as tomorrow morning, go out and, you know, recon the circuit, do a couple little openers, come back, eat, relax, and then do the normal short warm up for the for the event itself. So that's how I would deal with it. But I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, certain people that may want to do a little bit different preparation going into the world championships because a one day time trial is a lot different than a time trial in the middle of a grand tour or at the end of a stage race, right? Just the, the level of freshness, you know, you're, everyone is fresh, hopefully, um, unless you maybe overdid it with nervous energy the day or two prior. And, you know, you got to sure. be very aware of your pacing schedule. When you're fresh and you got the adrenaline and you have your, your, your flag on your jersey representing your country, you can get a little bit over zealous at the beginning and you have to be very disciplined i'm not saying that you're you're riding exact exactly to power but you kind of got to throttle back because all these races are going to be won in the second half and we always talk about doing splits and doing a negative split things like that Mm -hmm. and yeah you just want to be getting faster and faster throughout instead of slower and slower which if you do too much of too hard of a start due to the emotions or just the the adrenaline, then you're going to be paying for it in that last five or 10 kilometers. So yeah, I'm sure the coaches and, and sports scientists have drilled it into these ladies, but it's, um, it's, it's harder to do than you think on race day. With that in note, as you just sort of, you, you know, you highlighted the differences there. Let's look at the men's race and the world's being a unique beast. Primoz Rogic, obviously a favorite, but he's just come off the Vuelta, right? And he had an emphatic victory in the TT in the middle of the Vuelta. But is he ready for that fresh one-day hit out? You know, do you think do you think that's going to affect his chances? I think it's going to be an advantage because uh, when you're looking at the the big favorites or you know what would be known as those those five-star favorites, everyone's done a different preparation. Rolich came out of the Tour of Spain. You don't know what he did afterwards if he went back to Slovenia and you know had a big festival, a big party. Mm. Um, knowing him, I saw him actually warming down on that last mountain stage on Saturday, warming down on the really? trainer, knowing that the next day <laughs> was just a, a promenade into Madrid. So I, I think this kid recovered, 
kept the motor running and is definitely going to be a favorite. And he will have that extra gear coming out of a Grand Tour compared to some of these guys that were doing these one-day races or in in Roland Dennis's case, hasn't raced at all. He's been training. Exactly. And how do you mimic this sort of of resistance to fatigue in such a long time trial? Remember, this is what, 54 kilometers? 54 kilometers long. This is... This is old school length TT. TT. It's not like these little short, you know, 20 to 30 30K ones that we have in Grand Tours these days. So, um, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. And, you know, going down the list of, of primos. Who, yeah, who, who's going to be there? Who, who are the guys you, that you think are going to be fighting for the podium realistically? Oh, man, I tell you, it's, it's a long, long list of the usual suspects, but I'd have to put Primos yeah. Rolish right on the top, Roland Dennis, um, mm-hmm. and call me crazy because this kid was doing the junior races last year, but Remco Evenpol from Belgium. This kid has proved that he's made that step from junior to senior racing pretty quickly, and he, he he's a natural, right? So, but yeah, the, Dude, the list goes. Is, he freaks me the, out. The list goes on. I mean, there's so many guys. I'd love to see Casper Askreen do a good one. I'd love to see Tony Martin rebound from his crash in the Tour of Spain. You can never count out a guy like uh, Bodnar from from Poland. Um, Patrick Bevan. This kid has been knocking on the door in quite a few time trials this year. Um, and Ed- what about Campinets? Campinets world world hour record holder. He's got it. He, like this race is going to be about an hour. He's got a chance as well. Does uh, Matthias Brandl, who had the the, um, oh, yeah. the hour record for a while as well. He did too. Correct. But then there's there's always going to be that guy that just hits it perfectly, like it's his day. And I'm wondering if it could be Eduardo Affini from from Italy. This kid uh, has been winning time trials recently. Is he? He ha- and you know, I I never even I'd never heard his name before, if I'm honest, until he won the Tour of, of Britain. Um, but I looked back then at his results: second at the Big Bank Tour TT, third at the Euros. He did ride. He rode on on uh, on Sunday in the in the mixed TTT. So we'll have a feel for the end of the course. Could be an outsider. Yeah, and this is another one of those, you know, point to point. So they start a little bit further down the road in North Hallerton and then finish in Harrogate. Uh, they have 684 meters of altitude on those what look like very dead roads to me. So, man, it, it could be somebody that's just flying, like like really going good right now. That's maybe not a time trial specialist that can absorb the workload that this course is going to throw at them. And I'd hate to say it, but Lushenko. Luchenko, yeah, yeah. You never know. I mean, that's a, a one-day time trial at the end of the year. It's not normally, not always, that the favorite comes out head and shoulders above. But it'll be very interesting. And yeah, uh, getting back on the Roland Dennis thing, has he been able to simulate the workload in training? And that's going to be an interesting one, like because he's come out and also said that he's going to be riding his own equipment. So he's not going to be riding team equipment. He's going to be riding his own stuff. So again, like bike you know new bike hasn't raced this kind of he's in a bit of a cloud of mystery at the moment the old rowan dennis even prior to 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 his abandon of the tour de france he hadn't i mean he'd had a fantastic year you know finished second overall the tour of swiss but he'd only won a couple of tts when compared to last year he won nine time trials across the, the course of the year you know he was almost unbeaten so 
you mean like there's one thing you know like 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 Dennis is one of those guys that when he when he puts his mind to something like you do not want to be standing in his way no you don't want to be that guy that that you know what i mean like you don't want to be on the wrong side of Rowan dennis when he has a point to prove no not at all and i mean and it could go both ways you know what i mean like a lot, he's, he's had a lot of people talking about him he's copped a lot of flack um on social media and and bits and pieces just from you know armchair kind of analysts so mate but you, like you can't you can't discount him um but then how would you know you know a measure of his form without any competition so i'm most excited i think to to watch him perform uh on 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 wednesday yeah and we we still don't really know why he he stopped the tour de france um you know there exactly. on the parasword exactly right. but let's just hope that he has the bike that he wants the helmet that he wants mm. the skin suit that he wants and the form that he wants if he does have all those things on top of just Rowan being Rowan, he yeah. is definitely going to be hard to beat reigning reigning world champ and and two, at least then, I guess, um, there's no excuses, right? You can't be like, well, I didn't have the, the stuff that I needed. You know what I mean? Like, like, the, or, and, and, and that's not playing on your mind. It seems to, you know, a lot of guys, um, you know, because equipment plays a huge part in, in, in time trials nowadays, you know, aerodynamics is, is everything. You can imagine when you're lining up on the start line and you know that your stuff isn't as quick as another team's that might you know that that can mess with your head so hopefully that removes that from the equation and and there's no kind of doubts on his equipment and and he gets to have you know uh, as as with everybody they get to have like a clean shot at yeah it. so so those are kind of like the bigger names but we do have two americans taking start uh taking the start line as well we, we have lawson craddock who man he had a, an amazing vuelta he was in breakaways and just riding very very strong um he could I, I I tell you this is a a course for a guy like him. He is You could be right there. He actually. is a time he's trial special. Yeah, he's a he's a time trial specialist. He's definitely on form. Let's hope that his recovery after the Vuelta and his preparation prior to the World Championships w- went off without a hitch. Uh he did finish fourth in the in the Vuelta time trial uh about a month ago. Yep. So yeah, let's let's hope for the best from 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 Lawson. Uh, from Texas, uh, he's going to have to maybe do a little bit more meters of climbing than he would down in, in, in Austin, but, um, let's hope for the best. And then we also have Chad Haga. He's also a Texas guy. He's racing for, for Sunweb, um, in the, in the world tour. He may be a little bit tired. Um, you know, he did win the, the Giro time trial, the final TT in the Giro this year. The last one. Yeah. And, um, you know, he used Tour Britain for his final prep. Nothing really of note, but again, it's a one-day time trial. It's not at the end of the Giro. So let's hope yeah, that he's fresh and, and stars align and he's, he's ready to roll. So we do have two guys in there that uh, may not be those, you know, five-star, four-star five favorites, stars. but definitely guys that, that'll give it a good nudge. Mate, I guess time will tell. Tomorrow is the women's race. Wednesday is the men's race. And then Thursday, we'll be back previewing the, uh, the road races, which are coming up over the weekend, as well as recapping both of these races and, and kind of seeing if we were anywhere near correct with the predictions. Before we go, we have a couple of questions from the fans. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we love it. We've been getting more and more each week. Um, so please keep reaching out. Uh, superfan at velonews.com. Yeah! Superfan! 
shoot us an email with a question um, or get at Bobby at Bobby Julik on social media or myself at that is Gus uh, with a question. Ask us anything. And uh, if, it come, if we read your question out on the show and answer your question on the show, we'll send you a pair of Fizzo socks, which are pretty neat. So this week, we've got a couple here actually. So I think we're going to give out two socks. One of these we wanted to read um, just purely to acknowledge that we're actually going to do like a deeper dive into this later on uh, and because and we think it deserves its own episode. But um, uh, our listener, Brian, uh, has asked, could you please offer a little insight into the recent Three Peaks of Yorkshire race? Uh, the Three Peaks of Yorkshire race is a very unique cyclocross-style event that involves a lot of running and uh, a lot of kind of uh, descending point blank down a uh, down down very steep grassy hills it's got a very long history in the uk and uh anyway um my brother actually raced it uh whenever it was what two weeks ago and uh and so we're going to have him on the show um down the track and talk all of the alternative races that ef uh have been doing and, and some of the guys from trek Segafredo as well and we want to explore that world completely so we'll kind of get into that race at that time so brian thanks for your question uh, if you can hold on for a couple of episodes, we'll get hopefully from the horse's mouth uh, a little more information on that. Then we heard from Robert from Minneapolis uh, and he asks, it's been said that there is an unwritten rule that riders don't challenge the GC leader on the last day of the Tour de France. Is this true for all grand, all three Grand Tours and does this apply to other podium positions as well? Bobby? Uh, that, that's, that's an interesting question for sure. Um, obviously if there's a time trial on the last day, it's, it's all, you know, everything's on the line. Everyone has to fend for themselves, but these procession stages, these, these sprint stages, yes, normally the, it, it's understood that it's just a procession that it's going to end in a field mm -hmm. sprint. Uh, normally the, the podium places are wrapped up, but we have seen as recently as a couple years ago, uh, I think it was Landa, he was four seconds out of the podium. And I, I can imagine, I don't remember who was third that time, but I'm sure he had an eye on Landa for that entire race. So I would say definitely for the winner, that's that's kind of one of those famous quote-unquote unwritten rules that we, we talk about. But no, the, mm -hmm. there's always, a bike race is a bike race, right? And we've seen maybe not the podium change on that last day, but I do remember um, in, I think it was 2003, uh, Alexander Vinokurov attacked and won the final stage on the Champs-Élysées with the time that he had and the time bonus. He actually leapfrogged, I think, from sixth to fifth. Up into sixth to fifth. fifth. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. That was such a cheeky yeah. move. I mean, he was going, he got the stage <laughs> win and then moved up a place in GC as that well. That was ridiculous. But, um, no, yeah. it's it's pretty much a procession most of the time, um, unless you know, unless there's something there that uh, that you have to defend. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, and 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 then obviously week long races, etc. That's it's a free for all right up until till the final final finish line, right? Yeah, those those unwritten rules is more for for the three Grand Tours. Um, it's game on all the way to the finish line, especially races like Paris Nice and Tour de Suisse, uh, Basque Country. Uh, there's there's no procession day. There's no uh, vacation day at the end. Exactly. And with that, we are going to have a couple of days of intense cycling and then we're going to be back covering the results of the men's and women's uh, 
TTs and then also previewing the world's road race, uh, which is coming up over the course of the weekend. Bobby, fantastic show. Thank you very much. As always, it's a pleasure talking with you uh, until Thursday. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, that's going to be a little special episode. We'll have a quick little turnaround here. So you'll be hearing from us on, on Thursday. And as always, don't forget to put your socks on.